0: Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram, who is a personal financial advisor. He is an executive director at Galileo Capital. He is an author of not just one or two, but three books. And I see on my little list of of treats and surprises um that we're going to be talking about your book more specifically coming up on monday evening warren your global investing book and um i think that's going to feed into some of what we're going to talk about tonight but um i see you getting lots of traction lots of people are talking about your book lots of people excited about
1: your global investing book congratulations yeah thank you very much priest and i I just got the um the the sales for the first month uh, which was september and, and certainly out of the three books, it's the one that's, got, that's had the biggest launch. So that's very exciting. Fantastic. And I'm very grateful that someone actually wanted to read it. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank you. Yeah,
0: people don't read books. They buy them and they put them on their shelves and they look busy. And the the smart ones break the back of the spine a little bit to make sure that it looks like it's being read. And and just for the record, just checking in on you here, um, the Serendipity Trust, which is a trust that you and your wife, Vanessa, set up uh, many years ago um, and has been a beneficiary of the first two books, um, royalties. I, I take it that book three's royalties are going into the same trust and
1: will be used for the same purpose. You are quite right. Uh, We can't say it like that, unfortunately, because there's a funny thing in uh, in our tax act that where you're a charity uh, and and there's and you earn royalties, uh, you know, which is what I did in the first two books, where I made the you know the royalties go directly to the charity. Once they go over a certain amount per year, then SARS decides to tax that as income, and so you know then you it ruins the purpose of the charity. Uh, you know, getting the income uh, without l- losing half of it to to SARS. So, um, I mean, there's a bit of a technical thing, but the, but the point is I'll get the revenue, then I donate it to the charity so that the charity doesn't pay tax and I pay tax. So, yes, but, but uh, you know, just a kind of roundabout way of doing it. Uh, anyway, it's good that it's going to charity and that
0: charity helps educate young people in nice schools and uh, one person in university, two people
1: in university... Yeah, uh, one in university at the moment, and 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 one at school. Fantastic. Lovely. Nice to see. Now, listen,
0: we need to talk tonight about how you can earn income from investments. Now, interest rates are low. They're, they're likely to go up, but they're not going to rock it up unless something dreadful happens. Um, traditionally, people are sort of dependent on putting money into money market accounts and getting quite competitive interest rates. And they put money into property funds because the rental income has been very, very lucrative. But that sort of old school strategy hasn't worked for the last 18 months, two years. It was coming under pressure anyway. How then do we start ensuring that we can generate income from our investments
1: so that we can cover the cost of living? You're right about the old school part of it. And and the difficulty there is that a lot of the people that are relying on that income are, are people that, you know, you know, on the other side of 55, you know, and and so, they, they're not that keen to adapt. Um, you, you know, there, there are strategies that they might have had for many years, if not a few decades, and and so these low interest rates are burning them terribly. And and then you know the kind of the collapse in the property market, and especially where property funds have you know stopped altogether, uh, pay, paying out uh, income to to some extent, you know whether it be for six months, twelve months, or eighteen months, has been really punishing to to these investors. And so I think you know the, the first point is to to try and get them to understand, uh, you know, that you can't really look at at income from investments in, in a traditional way. For example, a lot of entrepreneurs would say, when I invest my my money, I'm I'm happy to to let the money grow, but but I'm only going to take the cash that the investments generate, much in the same way that they would you know their business. They would have said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take sell capital assets out of my company. I'm only ever going to take the the, the profits. The the thing about investing is that, uh, you know, you can you can actually take money from your investments to fund your lifestyle in in the form of just regular withdrawals of your capital and and you know really basically just really simply you you know you put money let's just say in a balanced unit trust, and you say well you know I, I know the average balanced unit trust in South Africa is probably only going to pay out an income now uh, of about 2% a year, which is certainly not going to be enough to, to cover, you know, most people's cost of living. But what, what they also know is that, you know, the average balanced unit you know, trust, you know, in a normal year will probably grow at about 10% a year. So if you're in a situation like that, you, you know, the, the, the mindset changes to say, well, hang on you know let, let me you know draw four four percent of of the capital growth every year so so four percent from my capital knowing that you know if the capital is growing at ten percent in total i'm leaving behind six percent a year and and that should account for inflation and the, and the rising cost of living which is always there and if i keep drawing the four percent every year and, and and i get the the, the growth then you know all, all in i'm still in a good position and, and I don't need to worry too much about actually the physical cash that the fund is paying out be, because I'm really focused on capital growth now. I'm not so focused just on uh, on the income. And, and I think that, that that's maybe the, the big mindset uh, change that people need to have now is, is you know, try, try, and, try and look at things a bit different to what you would have done over the last you know, five years or, or, or even three or four decades. The, the world of, of low interest rates is, I think, going to be around for quite some time. And, and I'm wondering, like many of us are, uh, you know, what what we will get from property funds in the future. I suspect it's not going to be back in the ten, eleven, fifteen percent, um, you know, income that we've seen in the past. I think it's going to be low for quite some time.
0: Yeah, and it, it's our reality. It really is. And that that idea of growing the value of your capital is something that is an anathema to people who were retiring 10, 15, 20 years ago because you started de-risking from the age of 55 because you were going to retire at the age of 60. And so, therefore, you took your money out of risky assets, so-called risky assets of of shares, and you started putting it into fixed interest. And so you uh, knew exactly on the day that you retired you would have enough money to last X amount of time. Um, And I think that's been proven to be very, very risky in its own right, because the moment you
1: take no risk, you don't get growth. Exactly right, because now you get exposed to to the slow poison that is inflation, uh, and and the problem with inflation is, you, you know, you, you and I won't be, you know, shouting from the rooftops to tell everybody, you know, watch out, your your cost of living is rising, the buying power of your money is declining, you know, because it is. It's just the slow. Gradual erosion of of the buying power of of your of your assets of your investments, and actually you only really feel the impact of that in you know quite a few years down the line, when one day you kind of almost just look around going you know gee I can't really afford to buy what I used to buy. I mean, I have more rands in my pocket, but, but those rands are not stretching as far as they used to in terms of being able to buy the basics. So, so, you know, understanding that inflation is a reality. Yes, we will be in a lower inflation environment for quite some time. And that means lower interest rates, but you still need to account for inflation. And unfortunately, the only way to really beat inflation as an investor over long periods of time is you have to own uh, what I would call productive assets. And you know, and productive assets would be things like shares and and, and property companies that have a, a history of of beating inflation over you know 10, 20, 30 years. And unfortunately, yes, it does come with a bit of a roller coaster, right? Because you'll get years where, where we see you know fantastic growth and the, you know, the, the markets jump up and your share portfolio jumps up, you know, 20% and you feel like a legend. And then you know three, four years later you see it dropping by 30% and you feel like a pauper. But but just to understand that over long periods of time, those productive assets are the ones that are going to protect you, and, and I think also just to understand, they are quite significant tax benefits to to being someone who lives off of your capital rather than off the income from your capital. Because generally, if we earn interest or we earn rent, we, we're going to pay income tax, and, and you know if you're wealthy, that could be you know you could be giving away as much as forty five percent of your of your income every year to, to SARS. And, you know, you might want to do that if you're a generous person, but, but for, for the rest of us, we want to pay as little tax as we legally can and and understanding that if you're selling capital uh, and, and, and realizing some capital growth, you're paying capital gains tax. And at worst, that's going to be 18% a year. Now I, I don't know about most people, but for me, I, I'm, I'm happy to pay the 18% in, instead of the 45. So So there are some benefits to changing your mindset when you look at this, this, problem we have now of low interest rates but just know that it comes with a big roller coaster ride and it's not nice and predictable like you would get on your money market funds and your fixed deposits but certainly I think you know over a 20 30 year period uh, you know focusing your portfolio to have more uh, more of your capital invested in those productive assets will certainly be 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 better for you to beat inflation save some tax uh, and and I think eventually live a bit more comfortable life than than you know stressing about trying to earn three four or five percent a year on your fixed deposits and chasing around to find the ones that are are going to give you the best return in a just awful environment for cash investors
0: Thank you for that, Warren. Uh, we got a question from Richard, and uh, Richard sent us a mail and says, I am a disciplined investor, so immediately he, he gets two ticks in Warren's little black book. I'm a disciplined investor managed to consistently build up my portfolio over the last f- a few years. I've been working towards building the offshore allocation of my portfolio and getting my asset allocation right Highfalutin talk here from Richard. Uh, But given the concerns around U.S. inflation and the possible impact on markets, I'm not sure of the best approach. How should I be approaching my investments? Should I build up my cash until the storm is over? That is a question from Richard. Um, It's got all the offshore stuff that you have been studying so very carefully to put into your brand new book, Warren. So are you going to draw no doubt on some of that information? Um, you're going know, no, you're going to draw on it because it, it is built into you now, um, and and it's fresh in your mind. Um, and we're going to tackle Richard's question in a moment here on the money show. The money show. Personal finance with Warren Ingram. Richard is disciplined, Richard is uh, consistent, Richard has built up a portfolio, Richard wants to get his asset allocation right, but he's worried about all the noise that is in markets at the moment, and uh, the impact that the noise could have on markets, and he really doesn't know what the best thing is to do, so he wants to take some cash and stick it under his mattress, I'm summarising. Warren, what do you think of Richard's question?
1: I must say, um, I'm I'm loving Richard's question. There's so much there um, that makes me think he's been listening to you and I talk for quite some time already uh, uh, over the years, and and I think uh, so. Maybe just to, just to touch on the points, you know, being being disciplined um, w- with your investments and having a focus on the asset allocation. In other words, the combination of cash, bonds, property, and shares. Brilliant. I mean, that's that's actually the key in in all of the big investment decisions. If you can get your asset mix right. Uh, you, you've kind of won the game already. You know, and, and all we're waiting for is the whistle to blow to tell you that it's over and you, you're the winner. But, uh, but, but, but where Richard's falling down a little bit is unfortunately around the, the question of, you know, do we wait? Because there is a reason to be fearful. There, there's a reason that investments might go down. And in this instance, you know, he's talking about U.S. inflation and the possible impact on on markets. Unfortunately Richard there are always going to be reasons to be fearful about investing <laughs> there're always going to be you know there's going to be a crazy you know a president in some country wanting to drop a nuclear bomb or you know some government trying to overregulate or underregulate whatever it is there will always be a very good logical reason for you to to be concerned and and so then you know deciding to wait for things to get better waiting for the storm to pass unfortunately what happens is that the storm passes uh, right about the time that the stock market peaks again so in in other words the stock market doesn't start to recover when things are over and when the storm is over the stock market starts to recover when things are really rocky and terrible and everyone's still afraid but some people have started to figure out that things are cheap investments are cheap and they start to buy and then they keep buying and the market builds up momentum Uh, and and then you know everybody else figures out that the market's now you know on a great roll and they buy in and right about then is when when things are better, when there is no reason to be afraid anymore. And that's probably when the market's about to fall again. So my my advice, Richard, is, you know, two things. One, if you're sending the money from Rands to dollars, pick an exchange rate that that works for you. And whenever the exchange rate is better than that, send the money out. And in this world, in this environment, what we know about South Africa and the world and everything else today, I'd be saying somewhere around 15, around 50 to the dollar is my level. So when the rand is at 14.90 or whatever it is, then then it's a great time to send the money out. And don't try and time it better because you you can't get it right. No one can. And then when your money is overseas and it's it's now being you're now deciding to commit to the global markets, just feed it in over three, four, five or six months. You know, t- you know, t- t- if it's a hundred thousand dollars, say well it's a hundred thousand. I divide it by six. And I committed to my investments over six months in equal parts. And, and then close your eyes when the markets are doing what they're going to do until you're fully invested. Then wait a year and look at your statement for the first time because the, the markets are going to drive you crazy if you try and predict them. And they certainly are going to go up and down all the time. But hopefully they go up over long periods of time. Uh, and again, you know, past performance
0: is no guarantee of future performance, T's and C supply. Right. Um, the, but history shows, and you can look <laughs> at any graph over any period of time. And, and, and generally, I mean, we, we say any period of time, any five-year period, any 10-year period. And um, other than South Africa in the lost decade, stock markets generally go up. And then when things recover a little bit, they make up for lost time, as we have seen quite substantially in the last 18 months or so. Um, finally, let's wrap up with a, a question. Um, there's a sign. It's blue. It's got a red rim and a blue triangle on the inside. Uh, it's not a stop sign. It's a yield sign. It means pause, look left, look right, and proceed if it's safe. Uh, but that's not what you're talking about. What is yield
1: when it comes to investments? <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing to do with that sign, I promise. So so yield is basically the income that we earn on an what? investment. So, so for example, if you've got a rental property, uh, th- then the yield is the rent that you are earning on the property. If you've got a money market account or a money market unit trust, then then it's the the interest that you are earning on on that that investment, and it's usually explained as a percentage. In other words, you know you've got 100 rand invested and you're earning uh, five rand from that, th- then the, the yield is five percent. And typically that's what uh, what investors will focus on when they're making an investment decision around income is what, what is the yield? Am I getting a good yield or a bad yield? very typically um, spoken about in the bond markets where where investors are really focused on that yield and, and making sure that you know they pay the right price to get the right set of income but 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 in general that's going to be the, the the deal is what sort of income am I getting from my investment and it could be a dividend yield if it's a share and it's paying out dividends uh, or interest yield or uh, bond bond yield or rental yield on a property. Asked and answered, as always, on a Thursday at this
0: time. Warren Ingram, personal financial advisor, executive director at Galileo Capital, back in the studio to chat to us on Monday about his brand new book on global investing.